much of you. We're, uh, we're going to put a bow on the wedding series uh, that we've looked at the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've taken the Jewish wedding and we've looked at it because it's a beautiful picture of our wedding day as we meet Christ, as we're saved, as he comes and gets us as the bridegroom and takes us home to heaven. We've kind of looked at that and today we will kind of wrap that up today. Next Sunday, Palm Sunday, will be Lord's Supper, and uh, we have quite a few baptisms. I think there's like seven right now, so uh, you don't want to miss that. You want to be a part of that on Palm Sunday. And just reminder, we have two Easter services, 9 and 1030, so just kind of start planning accordingly, 9 and 1030 on the Easter Sunday. So uh, this morning, I want to look, the main text today will be Matthew 25. If you want to kind of go there and, and, and kind of just, we're going to be in a lot of places. I didn't cover a lot of scripture last week. That's not like me. So we will make up the difference today. How about that? All right. uh, you will not find this pastor weak on scripture two weeks in a row. There's, that's not in my DNA. So um, I want to begin though in Matthew chapter 7. I just want you you can go to verse 24, but I want you to listen to these words. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them in the practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I just kind of want that to resonate today. Because when we meet together and you're in the word, that, that's got to be yours, man. Let, let him be like a wise man that hears these words of mine and builds his house on a rock. My friends, there is no better rock named Jesus and his word that became flesh and dwelt among us. If you're going to build a house, if you're going to build a life in a family, you build it on this dude right here, and I'm telling you, it'll stand any storm the enemy chunks your way, anything, anything that comes your way. I want you to go to the main text, Matthew 25. Just keep letting that just resonate with you. Matthew 25, I want to break this text down with you today, and we're going to look at it from a lot of different angles. Matthew 25, beginning in verse 1. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, a cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out and meet him. And then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both, of you, both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Verse 11, later, the other ones also came. Sir, sir, they said. Open a door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch, 
because you do not know the day or the hour. I know it's spring break, <laughs> but that's a meaty scripture. Let me, let me help you with this. These ten virgins are ten professions of faith. Ten professions of faith. Okay? It says that five had oil and five did not have oil. Okay? I, I can profess to be a millionaire, but my accountant and my banker will give validity to that statement. Amen? I, I can profess a lot of things, but, but there's only one judge that can state claim to that. And, and I want you to understand something. We live in a very interesting time in our country. Because when you go and talk to someone about church and about Christ, especially down here in the south in the Bible Belt, they know exactly what to say. Oh, I'm a Christian. I've been baptized, and we go to this church. And you're mad immediately go, okay, they're good. They're good. And we don't, we don't push it. But can I, can I help you with something? You can't profess for anybody but yourself. I, I can't profess for my wife. I can't profess for my son. I can't profess for my daughter. I will never be able to profess for my grandchildren, no matter how cute they are. Amen? I cannot drag my children to the preacher and, as obedient little children, tell my little children to mind their authorities and you do whatever the pastor tells you to do. Well, son, you need to pray if you're not going to burn in hell. Okay, I don't want to burn in hell. I'm praying right now. And just start praying. And then when they're about 13... And their hearts are pounding because Jesus is drawn them by the Holy Spirit of God according to the Word of God. And there comes a time in their life when Jesus, Revelation 3.20, knocks on their heart door. And because Jesus is a gentleman, there's not a doorknob on the outside. It's only on the inside. And it's only then when you can open your heart and invite Jesus to come in. And it's only then that you can truly be saved and born again and truly profess that you know Christ. See, we live in a country today in a day and time we're professing you know Christ is very popular. Honk, if you love Jesus, is really a deal, okay? But listen to me. These ten virgins professed one thing, but only five had oil of their own, and five didn't have oil. And when the time came, they wanted to borrow oil. You do not borrow oil. You can't share salvation. You can't, you can't have mom and daddy's salvation and get into heaven. I want you to go to John's gospel, John chapter 14. We kind of looked at this last week. I want you to see kind of what happens in that Matthew 25 passage. John 14, we talked about the fact that the bridegroom goes and prepares a wedding chamber or a honeymoon chamber or a love chamber on, on the side of his father's house. John 14 reminds us that this is a true deal. John chapter 1, I mean John 14, 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. 
If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be where I am, that you may be where me where also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And that's when Thomas has the conversation. We don't know where you're going. Jesus says, yes, you do. Listen to me. The promise is that I prepare a place for you. I prepare a place for you. Not for your family, for you. That place is for you. I want you to go to John's gospel again. Flip back a little bit. John chapter 10. Go to John 10. Look at John 10, 1. I like to hear them about them pages flipping. John Gospel, chapter 10. I, look at verse 1. I tell you the truth. A man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has bought them, brought them out, all his own, on his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him. Because why? Because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figurative of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before were thieves and robbers, but sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I will come in and go out and find pastures. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus' word says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You either have oil or you don't have oil. There's no other way to explain that to you. You cannot borrow oil. It can't be somebody else's oil. You can't, uh, you can't be born in church and be automatically saved. I know you're in church a lot as children, but listen to me. I have people all the time say, when did you give your life to Christ? Well, I've been in church all my life. I don't even know that I even asked that question. How, when did you meet Jesus? When did he change your life? When were you born again? When did you become a new creation? What my, I grew up in church. Man, every time the doors were open, my family's in church. That is not the question I'm asking. Right? I mean, you ever been in those situations? And it's very frustrating because I'm asking a question that is just a simple question. And they're giving me Texas Baptist lingo, church answer, God quiz stuff. I don't want... I don't want you to answer my question with a question. I don't want you to answer the question that I'm not even asking. We're not going to get anywhere if you don't answer the question. When were you born again? That's the question. And for each one of us, each one of us, you have to answer that question. You have to. You can't be good enough 
You, you can't. I, I'm sorry. I know being good is very, it's, it's sweet. Getting a door for ladies and for guys and for old people and carrying people's groceries and sharing firewood and, you know, buying people's lunches. That's a good, that's good, man. That's good. But you can't start your whole life. You can't just start with these stacks of this is my good stack and this is my bad stack. And one day when I breathe my last breath, if my good stack is bigger than my, my bad stack, whoo, I'm going to heaven. No. My grandfather used to answer the question all the time. I said, Granddad, do you know Jesus? If you were to die, would you go to heaven? What? Well, I, I, I hope so, Jeff. I, I, I think so. I said, Granddad, you can't hope your way to heaven. You can't. You can't do it. Granddad, you either know Christ, you big Indian, or you don't know Christ. Okay? You can put that in your peace pipe and smoke that, but that's the only way it's going to get done, big boy. I mean, I couldn't push it too far. He's a big old dude, man. He used to sit in the garages, and we were, we were little kids, and he would drink his mill lights and, and, and for entertainment back before they had phones and stuff. He would take his beer cans and go, Poosh. So I'd invite all the neighborhood kids over to watch. I'm sorry I'm doing a commercial on crushing beer cans as a pastor, but that was my entertainment with my granddad. So, so when you... When you, when you have a granddad that has hands that just make you cry when you shake your hand, he just crushes his cans. I didn't want to push that too much. But I remember my grandmother telling me that that missionary, that, that Mexican guy that went on the mission field that came across the street and I always mowed my grandfather's yard when he got sick with cancer and he couldn't do it anymore. He led my grandfather to Christ in the same garage that we sat around and watched him crush his beer cans on. Because that's the only way he got down on his little knobby knees when cancer was eating him up and prayed to receive Christ and was born again. And I stood with that same man over my granddad's casket, and we both together did that funeral for my granddad. That's the only way you get there because my granddad could not hope for oil. He had to get his own oil. And if you don't have oil, you don't get in. That's just, I'm, it's not me. You don't have to like, I don't like what you're saying good. I don't want you to like what I'm saying. I don't even want you to like me. I just want you to love Jesus and understand if you don't have oil, you don't get in. You can't be good enough. Being born in Texas doesn't get it done. It's great, but it's not going to make it matter, okay? I don't know if Jesus is going to be a Texan. I don't know, but it just doesn't matter to him, okay? Now, I want you to go to Matthew. Go back. Go back to Matthew's gospel. Matthew chapter 7 Matthew chapter 7, I want you to listen to these words that Jesus tells us here. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform miracles. Then I will tell you plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. I used to read that to my students in student ministry, and here's how I simply read it. But Lord, Lord, didn't I wear my camp t-shirt to school didn't I put my Jesus fish on my car? Didn't I honk if I love Jesus? Away from me, I don't know you. I never knew you. 
that's what he's saying. There's not enough. Man, you can put crosses in your rearview mirror and hang and dangling. It can flop. You can, you can put all kind of stuff out there. But it, that, you, symbols and logos do not make you saved. They just don't. And we live today in a world that believes that they can dress right, act right, wear the T-shirt, say the right words, answer questions, not even ask, and, and stuff like that. that. That makes it done. That's it. That's not it. Jesus says there's coming a day when the bridegroom's going to come back and you do not know the hour nor the day. And you've got to have oil of your own. You must have oil. There was a young girl I used to do I used to direct big youth camps up at Washita Baptist University. And we'd have a we'd have for two weeks we rent the whole university and have a big, big camp one week, and then they'd go home on Friday, they'd come and clean the university and bring another group in Monday morning and we'd do camp again. And I remember my students, man, my I had my interns bring my students. That's a scary thought. And so you just hope they get there. And so we 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 were a big group, and we would get there, and, man, we'd fill that place up, 1,000, 1,500 kids, and we're in there worshiping, praising. There was a young girl. Uh, I had some of the coolest kids at this youth group. They would, they would do babysitting, chop wood, mow yards, and make money. And they wouldn't go buy themselves clothes or gas or something that they wanted. They would save it and find friends of theirs that were lost and pay their way to youth camp. truth come on i mean that's like serious okay that that's total this is not the i'm not preaching that sermon that's different but that's just serious right there that is not people with big checking accounts these are high school and junior high kids that would do you want to be serious about your kids salvation do that go mowing east texas in august and and then pay their way it's hot in the mornings in East Texas in August, okay? So they would pay the way. So this one girl paid this girl's way, and she came to youth camp. And the first couple of nights of worship, I could just watching this girl, man. I was like, mm, she wants to worship so bad. She, she don't know what to do with herself. She's never been in a saying like this. And the third night of worship, I look back to see if she's there, and she's not there. And lo and behold, the girl who paid her way to come is out in the foyer leading this girl to Christ. And this, I don't go back there. I, they don't need my help. These kids can lead other kids to Christ. If the Spirit draws you, you're going to get saved. I don't care who's with you. You could have a dog next to your lab. That dog <laughs> be licking you, and you still pray and receive Christ. And this girl gets saved back here, comes back in the worship. And I look back there, and this girl is just praising, man. And I'm like, oh, that girl right there was once blind, but now she sees. Come on, that girl's worshiping. So, so we go home from youth camp, and and, and that we, we get home Friday afternoon. And so, uh, so she, uh, I start making phone calls to parents uh, starting Monday morning because I want people that did not part of our church that went and and if their, if their children made a, a profession of faith or something happened camp, I would call them. So I was making phone calls on a Monday evening, and I called this girl. And, and, and when I called the number, her dad answered the phone, and I said, this is Jeff Ponder. I'm the youth pastor at Calvary Baptist Church in Longview. Your daughter went to youth camp with us, and she made a, a profession of faith. She got saved one night, and, and I just wanted to follow up with you and make sure you knew that and, and just let you know that I would, it'd be an, I would be honored to baptize your daughter 
if that would be appropriate with you, and if it's okay with you and your wife. He followed to say, excuse me, Sonny, but my daughter was already been baptized when she was seven years old, and I have the baptismal certificate to prove it. And I said, okay. So I go back to just going through my list, and I was going to make some more phone calls. About 15 minutes later, a doorbell rang. So I go to the door, and we had this door, and you open it, and there was a solid glass storm door. And this dude, honest, true story, this guy is standing there at my front door, has the baptism certificate turned around, stuck to the glass so I could see it, and he taps on it with a gun. See it? And he said, see that? I didn't open that lock on that door. I'm like, we're good. We're good. Thank you. Have a nice day. That was it. Never saw that girl. To this day, I've never seen her again in my life. Never. 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 Listen to me. I know sometimes as parents, you might have a struggle with the fact that your kid at seven does something, and then at 13, 14, 15, 25, 46, 91, does it for the real time, really gets saved. But this is not a reflection of bad parenting if this happens. It is a reflection that Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit of God, has drawn your child, and they knock on your heart, and your child has responded to that. And you're going to have to be cool with that because you're not God, and you're going to have to just let that happen, and that's okay. And if it happens to you as an adult, that's okay too. Because too many times we want to control all this stuff. And sometimes with the Holy Spirit of God, let me, in, let me get you in on something. You can't control the Holy Spirit of God. And if you try to do it, you're going to miss out and you're not going to be able to do it anyway and you're going to look foolish. Let the Spirit move where the Spirit moves and quit trying to tell your kids or yourself that you got oil when you know you don't have oil. I don't care what a baptism certificate certificate says and i'm not asking you to throw grandma in her church under the bus but the kid's not saved the kid's not saved if you're not saved you're not saved and you're the only one that knows if you've got oil are you borrowing oil you cannot have mom and dad's oil college kids go off all the time to universities and absolutely get their world rocked because mom's not telling them to bring their tithe envelope anymore Mom's not telling them to bring their Bible anymore. Mom's not telling them to go up, get up, and get dressed. Mom's not laying out your Sunday clothes for you anymore. Well, I'm sorry. If you're saved and born again, even when you go to college, you're still going to want to go worship. And if your child doesn't care about worship, and you need to pray that God either gets their attention or they're so sick in their sin they get saved. Because I'm going to tell you, you can't graduate from your faith, and you can't graduate from it at all. You're either saved or you're not saved. Listen to me. These ten virgins, ten professions of faith, doesn't matter what we profess. Let me tell you how it works. If I profess to be a Christian, here's how it works, okay? I can profess that. Jesus hears me profess it. The Father heard me profess it. The Father says, Jesus, my son on my right side, do you know Jeff? I know Jeff. He accepted me when he was 10 years old. Good. Welcome. But I can profess that. And get there one day, and Jesus, God says, God the Father, asks Jesus, do you know him? Do I know Jeff? I don't know Jeff. He went to church a lot. He had some cool camp t-shirts. He had a sticker, had a fish on it. 
and he even had a cross in the rearview mirror. Every once in a while, he even tithed. But I don't know him. Well, he says he used to worship you. He said he used to worship you. He said he even held hands and up in the sky and worshiped you. Well, that's fine, but you can worship me with your lips, but your heart can be far from me. I, I, I'm sorry, Father. I, I, as your son, do not know him. And the Father can say, away from me, you evildoer. I don't know you. Listen to me. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just telling you the truth. You either have oil or you don't have oil. And you cannot have oil for your children. You cannot have oil for your spouse. You cannot have oil for your parents. I mean, we with the same church that I talked about that girl. Had a 49-year-old father give his life to Christ. Why? Because he was tired of every morning walking by his son's room and seeing him in the word. And he never was in the word. He realized the only reason he did, wasn't in the Word is not because he didn't want to. He had nothing, no power inside of him through the Holy Spirit of God to want to get into the Word. And he gave his life to Christ because he knew it was empty inside and he got saved. Why? Because the testimony of his 16-year-old son that always had quiet times before he went to school. Listen to me. You can't have oil for anybody else except yourself. We got to roll. One more scripture. Go back to Romans Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Go to verse 16. Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. My spirit will testify to his spirit. His spirit will testify to my spirit. If your spirit doesn't testify with his spirit, and his spirit doesn't testify with your spirit, that you're saved, that you have oil, then maybe you don't have oil. You don't. Once you know that you know that you know, there's power in that. But once you just hang here, flip-flopping back and forth, don't know if you're saved or, or, or lost, you're not going to do anything for the kingdom. You've got to know that you know that you know that you know that you know. And when you know, there's power in that. John 9, 25 is the story of the blind man. Jesus spits on the ground, makes mud, puts it on his eyes. They're hunting this cat down because Jesus does this miracle on the Sabbath. They're more ticked off because he did it on the Sabbath than the fact that the blind man can see. And so they get this guy together and they're saying, what, what the heck happened to you? You were blind, oh, la, 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 making him talk. He says, here, listen to me, boys. One thing I know. I was once blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. I don't know how it happened. I can't tell you anything. I, I'm not going to seminary. I don't know everything about the Holy Spirit. I, don't, I can't tell you how Jesus got up on the third day. I can't tell you why he left his napkin. I can't tell you all that stuff. I'm just telling you right now. I was once blind, but now I see. That's it. And that's what it comes down to. I once had no oil of my own, but now I have oil. And when that bridegroom comes back, I'm not worried. I don't, I'm not worried. 
I don't got to go looking for oil. I don't have to ask somebody else if I can have theirs. I can just sit there confidently as a king's kid, joint heir with Christ, and say, oh, yeah, that's my bridegroom coming back to get me. And I got oil. And when the father says, Jesus, you know Jeff? Oh, I know Jeff. I know Jeff. Welcome, Jeff. Welcome. Well done. Listen to me, church. Either know him or you don't know him. Either have oil or you don't have oil. It's not about baptism. It's not about sprinkling. It's not about going to church. It's not about all that stuff. It's only about whether or not you have oil. Do you have oil today? I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. As the worship team comes back up for invitation, in just a little bit, we're going to stand. There'll be people up front, counselors, people that want to pray over you, ministry team folks standing here. They're here for a very big reason. They're here to be in agreement with you on things. If you're, if you're here today and you're facing some physical stuff or you're having a surgery coming up or, or you just need, you're just scared, you need somebody to pray with, you can come to any one of these folks and they'll pray with you. If you want to join the church and become a part of the family here, they can help you with that as well, okay? If you want to come to one of them and say, I don't have oil of my own. I don't. I don't. And I don't want to leave here today without having that oil. So what we're going to do is just pray, and then we're going to stand, and we're going to begin to worship. And while we're worshiping, if you feel the Holy Spirit just prodding you to come, you come. You come for prayer. You come for encouragement. You come for a hug. You come to join the church. You come to get saved. Whatever God leads you to do, but you come. We're here for you. Father, this morning, thank you for your word. Thank you for the word that speaks, speaks, speaks. It's living and active. It speaks. God, I pray today that we respond to that. God, as your Holy Spirit has moved, I pray we say yes to the Holy Spirit of God. In whatever facet it is, that we would come this morning and meet with you. Father, we love you. Praise you. Be glorified now. For on the other side of obedience is always blessing. May we bless ourselves today by being obedient to the King. In Christ's name, amen.